Matthew 6, 9 to 13. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And actually my text says, hallowed be your name. But um, I don't know about you, but I can't say it without saying thy. Anybody else? Like, man, it's all those old school Christians with their King James that just got stuck in our heads, you know. We can't even speak English properly anymore because of them. Anyway, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that we get to stand in your presence today. God, I thank you that it's not just a once a year experience to have Pentecost Sunday at Eternity Church. I thank you that we get to experience the power of the Holy Spirit every single Saturday that we have church, every single Sunday that we have church, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, in between. Lord God, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is still here to move in our lives, to guide our lives, to speak to our lives, to give us wisdom in our lives. God, I thank you that you didn't just set it and forget it. It's not a one and done, but you decided that we need the opportunity to be led by the Spirit, that you gave us your Holy Spirit, that we could live the life that you designed for us. God, I pray today that as we dive into prayer, the last sermon on prayer in this sermon series, that Lord God, that you would help us to receive your word and to leave this place better than we came in. In the name of Jesus, somebody yell out at the top of your voice, amen. Amen. High five your neighbor, high five three or four neighbors, you may take your seats. Come on. Y'all ready for the word? Anyone been enjoying this sermon series on prayer for the last seven weeks? Give me a wave. Yeah. Five people have enjoyed the sermon series on prayer. That's good. It's still worth it. Jesus said he'd leave 99 to go for the one. So whatever. Come on. Right. But we've been in this prayer series for seven weeks now. And, uh, and I want to share with you three testimonies that people have shared with me. Uh, obviously, I've been shared lots of testimonies of what God's doing in people's lives over the last few weeks. But, um, but I want to share three specific testimonies that have been shared with me about uh, this sermon series. Uh, number one is a dude who's 76 and still growing in his faith, right? <clears throat> I love that. I heard a story of this young man, 76 years old. He does look 45. Like, I, I, I swear he's lying to me when he tells me he's 76. I'm like, life, God gave you genes that nobody else got, and uh, it's unfair. But anyway, this 76-year-old this guy, he was meeting with a group of men, and one of the men shared uh, how his life is just upside down in turmoil right now. His marriage is struggling. He was really shaken. He's very emotional as his life feels like it's falling apart. And the group of men that he was with were very committed to praying for him. But this one man, 76 years old, new to Eternity Church, speaks up and says, let's pray now. Let's pray now, right? He wasn't comfortable saying, oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. We'll remember to pray for you. I'll text my friends to pray. No, he said, let's pray right now. Amen. I love that he has that kind of faith. I love that a 70-something-year-old man is still growing in his faith at his age. I love that a 70-something-year-old man is growing in his confidence as he speaks up, as he prays up, as he serves the Lord by serving and loving people. Isn't that wild? Like, I want to be that guy. Like, I want to be that guy. When I'm 76, I still want to be growing in my faith. Amen. I want to be doing things I've never done before when I'm 76. I don't want to get to 55 and be like, mm, it's all good now. Just going to plateau. My relationship with God, just this is good. The way I serve people, this is good. The way I love people, this is good. Like, uh, victory, I've had enough victories. This will do, right? Like, I don't want to be like that. I want to be like this bloke, 76. I think he might actually be 77, someone told me. 77 and growing in his faith, doing things he's never done before, standing up, faith rising up in his heart, courage rising up in his heart and doing new things for the Lord. Amen. That's what I want to live. Does anyone else want to live that kind of life? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all a bit quiet. I'm just saying. Like, I, I didn't get, like, switched out for a bunch of Presbyterians on me, did I? 
right? Y'all still, y'all, y'all still evangelical. Y'all, y'all still holler back. Y'all still wanna, you wanna be changed by the word and preach the word with me? All right, come on, good, good, good. Just checking, just checking. Look, like I said, one of my best mates growing up is a Pentecost. Uh, sorry, is a uh, Presbyterian pastor right now. We tease each other all the time. It's good fun. But I like preaching to you people better. I'm just saying. All right, come on. Another person in our church, um, I was talking to another lady that's new to Eternity Church, and she's been going through the DNA experience um, on Thursday nights. We'll be running that again later on in the year for anyone that missed out. And, uh, uh, and she shared with me how one of her employees at work is going through a hard time, and she did something that she's never done before either. She said to her employee, can I pray for you here now and you know what she did she stepped out in faith she laid hands on her and she prayed for her that her life would change in the name of Jesus Christ what she'd never done that before in her entire life but seven weeks in attending eternity church she's now laying hands on people praying for people at work oh don't talk about Jesus at work try and stop me in the name of Jesus be healed amen Come on, I love to hear people growing in their faith. And another story, there's a young lady. She's been in our church for a couple of years now, maybe a few years. And um, she's actually, uh, her name is Shatira, incredible young lady. And she, her son, her son Bentley actually had a tumor removed. It turns out it's cancerous. And, um, and, and, and it's a tough story. They're in a tough situation. And while we're all praying for her, I know y'all have been seeing it online. Hey, pray for Shatira and for Bentley. And we've been praying for them. We're praying for a miracle. And while, we, while we're all praying for her, as her boy is undergoing surgery and checkups and treatments, she was in the waiting room at Iowa City listening to another parent share their story about how their son had a sudden brain bleed and was rushed in for brain surgery. What I love about this young lady is in the midst of her own pain, in the midst of her own struggle, right, she lays hands on strangers in the waiting room and prays for them right there, right then, in the name of Jesus. That's a young mom filled with faith, bringing hope and healing into someone else's world, even in the middle of the darkest, biggest battle she's ever gone through in her life. And she's still the salt and the light of the earth. Amen. Come on, isn't that a good story? Isn't that a good testimony? I'm so blessed to pastor a hear the word and do the word kind of church. I love that this is a hear the word and do the word, church. This isn't just a hear the word and think about it next week and try and remember what I said. No, this is a, I take notes in the sermon. I throw it up on my Instagram, on my Facebook, on my Twitter. I'm texting it to my friends. I'm rereading it during the week. I'm rewatching it and I'm going to live the word of God Monday to Friday, not just Saturday and Sunday. Amen. It's a blessing to pastor a church like this. You know, you are the salt and the light of the earth. Jesus said that you're the salt and the light of the earth. We light up the way for people to find their way home, to find their way to victory, to find their way to Jesus, amen. And we're the salt of the earth. We bring flavor. We bring healing. We, bring, we, we preserve the good things that God intended for the earth to happen in people's lives, amen. You're the salt and the light of the earth. And I hope these stories encourage you to do the same, to pray for people, to pray now, when the need is made known, amen, to boldly ask God to move on earth in the name of Jesus, amen. I pray that it encourages you. Anyone encouraged today? Come on, to be a live the word kind of person, amen. So today I want to share two really awesome things that happen in the Lord's Prayer. Remember, the Lord's Prayer is Jesus saying you should pray like this, right? Now again, you'll hear me say it every week. It's not Jesus saying pray these exact words or you'll burn in hell. <laughs> He's not saying that at all. It's not saying if you don't pray in this exact order or these exact words that I won't hear from heaven and heal you. That's not what he's saying. The, the order and the wording in which we find in the Lord's Prayer shows us the heart of God to listen and the heart of God to heal. Amen. And the, and the things that we should be lifting up to the Lord. Amen. So today I want to talk about two things we find in there. We've touched on them a little bit every week. We're talking about victory. Uh, we've touched on it like healing is victory, isn't it? Right? Healing is victory. Uh, provision is victory. Restoration is victory. Can I get an amen? But today I want to talk to you particularly about victory in the 
world and according to the Word of God, victory over the world because at some times it does feel like there is a, like a, a bit of a headbutt going on between the ways of God and the ways of the world, right? Between the, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world. It feels like there's a headbutt, but I believe we will have victory over it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can someone say victory? Did you say victory or did you say victory? Amen. See, I believe that people are going to find victory today in the name of Jesus. Some people just want freedom and victory. And some people want freedom and victory in their lives. Amen. Some people want freedom and some people are William Wallace and they're like freedom, right? Like I believe that God wants to give you victory and that God wants to give you freedom in your life. Not a little mouse, little whispered freedom, but, an, but a freedom that echoes through your neighborhood, through your city, through your state, amen, and shows people that God is good and God is interested in our lives, amen. I believe we're going to see victory in the world and we're going to see victory in your own personal battles. You do not have to live in the battles that you're experiencing today for the rest of your life. God wants to give you victory, amen. You don't have to say, oh, well, I've got this sin in my life. I guess this is how it's going to be. I guess I'm going to live like this for the rest of my life. No, 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 no. God can and God will give you victory as you call upon his name and ask him to help you. Amen. God is a God of victory. It's not God's desire that you would live in the shame and the pain and the brokenness of your sin for the rest of your life. No, God doesn't want you living afraid that your wife or your husband will find out what you've done. No, God doesn't want you living afraid that your boss is going to find out what you're doing. No, he wants to give you victory. So those things don't have a hold on you anymore. Amen. You don't have to live like that for the rest of your life. Can someone say amen? So I want to start with the first one, victory in the world and over the ways of the world. Uh, verse 10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Anyone else find it interesting that Jesus would have us pray and ask God to line things up on earth, how they should be like they are in heaven? Right? Does anyone find that interesting? See, I don't know about you, but I, I, I argue with God. Do you argue with God? Do you, do you do that too? Like, I know some of y'all are like mega Christians and you're like, God says go and you're like, go, let's go. And God's like, stop. And you're like, Arr! but me, my, 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 when God tells me to stop, I almost never leave skid marks on the road, right? It's always like, ah, you know, slow, I'm going to catch the view as I slow down. Anybody else? Come on, right? Like, um, but so I have these arguments with God and, you know, you heard me last week, right? Like uh, that someone was going to tow my car and I'm like, hey God, you know, if I could just look out the window and the tow truck's magically gone, the car's back where it was and there's a tank of gas in it, that'd be great. And God's like, you can change his heart. And I'm like, but I'm asking you, right? And it's like, why don't you just do it? You know, like El Shaddai, you know, like. Go and be that, you know, but over there, you know. And God's like, you can do it. And so when I read this scripture I, where Jesus is telling us to pray that, I'm like, but you're God. Why do you need me to ask you to do what you already want to do? You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I got a son, you know, I'll be God in the story. Don't worry, I don't have a God complex. It's all good just for the story. I got Judah, right? And, and, and I want to give Judah a Vegemite sandwich. I really want to give him, because we come from the land down under, right? And I want to give Judah a Vegemite sandwich, which, by the way, my kids eat Vegemite sandwiches like they're going out of fashion. And I thank God for that. They kept one thing from their heritage. But, but, but I read this scripture like this. I want to give Judah a Vegemite sandwich. And, 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 and I want it to happen. And I'm like, hey, Judah. Pray to me that I would give you a Vegemite sandwich. And I'm like, just give me the Vegemite sandwich. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm like, you want to do it. Why don't you just do it? Like, you're all powerful. You're mighty. You can do anything you want to do. You want things to go a certain way. Why don't you just do it like Nike? Just do it. So why, Jesus, when you are God, would you tell me that I should pray to you that you will do what you want to do. Am I the only one that does? Anyone confused or you, you know what I'm saying? 
right? Like, you already want to do it, so why do I need to get you to do it? Do you know what I mean? Like, I wrestle with God like that. Honestly, I know some of you all, like, backing up. You're like, you know what? I don't want to amen this because I don't even know if there's lightning going to come, and I don't want to be in a radius of that, you know? Like, <laughs> like, I'm just saying, that's how I respond sometimes when I read these scriptures, you know? Like, as I wrestle through this sort of thing, right? It's good to wrestle with scripture. It's good to wrestle with God. And when I first began to wrestle with scriptures and not just read them, but read them and read them, right? These are the sorts of questions that I wrestled with in my faith. And, and as I prayed about it, and as I asked leaders and preachers and pastors in my life to, to help me understand, and as I asked the Holy Spirit to help me understand, I began to realize the power that God gave us as mankind. Why does God ask me to ask him to have his way on earth? Well, because God gave us dominion over the earth. In the beginning, he told us to fill the earth and to subdue the earth, to rule over it. He gave us charge of it. See, God can do whatever he wants to do, but God has chosen to give us dominion on earth. See, if we want evil, it will be evil. The world has gone the way that mankind wants it to go. If we want it to be evil, it will be evil. If we want it to be good, it will be good. If we want it to be righteous, it will be righteous. Amen. And so we've got to pray because we've, we've, got, free, we've got free will. Mankind has free will. They don't have to do what God wants them to do. They don't have to pass laws that God wants them to pass. They don't have to love their neighbors, but God wants them to. And so we've got to pray. We've got to pray and ask God to intervene on the earth, amen. We've got to pray and petition heaven to invade earth because although God has given us dominion over earth, we still need him. We still need him. We still need his power. We still need his help. We still need his strength. We still need his righteousness. We still need to pray for his help in achieving victory in our lives and on the earth. Amen. And we need our prayers and our prayers of faith to outweigh the pride of those who resist God. That's what we need to have happen on earth. We need the prayers of the righteous people. We need our prayers and our faith to outweigh and outstrip the pride of those who are self-righteous and oppose the things of God. That's what we need to do. We need to pray. Amen. See, the world can be stubborn as a mule, can't they? But when the prayers of the righteous, but when we pray prayers of faith, things can and things will change. Things can and things will change, amen. As we do battle in the heavenlies, God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven, amen. Even with Pharaoh, right? Pharaoh wasn't going to let God's people go. He was having fun with the whole slavery thing, you know, like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to make people do stuff for free, you know. And, and, and God's people cried out to the Lord and said, hey, God, we want freedom. We want freedom from this tyrant. We want freedom, right? And so God heard their cries and called Moses to lead them out. It took people praying. Oh, you better believe God wanted his people to have freedom. You better believe God hated slavery. You better believe God hated it. But it took the people of God crying out to the Lord that he would have his way in the situation. Amen. We got to pray prayers of faith. Amen. See, while many may choose to resist God with hearts full of pride and self-righteousness, God hears the cries of the righteous. God moves on behalf of the righteous. And so instead of spending our days complaining about how messed up the world is and how we should remove ourselves from the world and not go to Starbucks because they do this and not go to Target because they do that and not go over here because they said this, right? Instead of canceling everything, <clears throat> we need to pray. Come on, we need to pray. Come on, we need to pray that God would change the hearts at these places, that God would change the hearts in the governments, in the schools, in the streets. Come on, we need to pray, amen. Instead of sitting back complaining, oh, I know, I'm never going to go to Starbucks again. Look, I never go to Starbucks, but that's because my mate owns Friedrich, so I honor and support him, right? So I go there. Every now and again, I go to Starbucks as a missionary. But mostly, I just go to my mate's coffee shop, right? But see, we got too many Christians afraid of the world. When did the church become afraid of the world? When did the church become afraid of the enemy? It should be afraid of us. Come on. 
Come on, someone say amen. We're I can't go to Starbucks. Yes, you can. You can go there and you can preach the word and you can buy someone a coffee and you can be generous in there as well and say, by the way, come to church. Like if you believe that, if you really believe it, I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying if you believe that the world's biggest heathens are at Starbucks, well, go and bring some to church. Right? Right? Come on, somebody's like, oh. Like I know the coffee's crap, but you can take a hit for the team. Right? Hey, I'll drink a Starbucks every now and again. I know it'll almost ruin my, my whole bodily systems, but I'm, it's worth it if that one more would come to know the Lord. Right? But instead, we spend so much time complaining about the world and how messed up it is. We need to spend more time in prayer, praying that heaven would invade earth. Do you know why you get angry about what's going on in the world? Because God made you like him. In his image. And guess what? God gets angry. You don't accidentally get angry. God designed you to get angry. But the problem is too many of us, we let that anger drive us to abuse and a mean spirit and to be unkind to people or to lash out and, re- and react instead of, instead of what God designed it to do. You know, you know what your anger is supposed to do? It's supposed to, it's supposed to motivate you into prayer. It's supposed to motivate you into action, godly action, amen, which starts in prayer. Can someone say Amen. We, we, we need to get angry and let it motivate us to, to pray that heaven would invade earth, that God's will would be done in Clive as it is in heaven, in, in Des Moines as it is in heaven, in Adel as it is in heaven, in Owine as it is in heaven, in Fort Dodge the Dirty as it is in heaven, amen, in Iowa as it is in heaven, and that God's will would be done in the United States as it is in heaven, amen. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. No more of the church being afraid of the world. Come on. We're the salt and the light. Light is not afraid of darkness. You, you, don't, you don't turn on darkness and light runs away. You turn on light and darkness disappears. Come on. We've got to quit being afraid of the world, engage the world, be in the world, but not of the world. Can I get an amen? So you've got to understand, God gave you rule of this place. God gave you dominion over this place. So what you going to do? Going to sit back and complain all day that it sucks? Just hope it sucks, God. Are you going to stand up, man up, woman up, if that's a thing too? I think it is now, right? Man up, woman up, equality. <clears throat> and take responsibility for what God gave you, amen? You got to stand up and fight for it. Go to battle for it, Amen. You know what? Don't only pray about it. You know, one thing I want to teach my kids, they'll often say, I pray for. And I'm like, what do you pray would happen for that person? You know, I pray for my dad. What do you want to happen? I pray for my dad that his voice would be strong. You hear what I'm saying? Don't just pray about, pray for that something specific would change, that God would shake it, that God would move it, that God would change it, amen? (laughs) Because you were given responsibility for the earth. So what are we going to do with it? See, Jesus didn't say, this then is how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom rocks. Your will's been done up there, but it sucks down here. They went and canceled the pipeline, and some idiots went and hacked the other one. Now gas prices are going up. Probably going to go broke. She even care? Newsom locked everyone up in California for a few months. We've got abortion going on. Not sure if you knew about that. Taxes are through the roof, and I can't find a single dime in a single fish's mouth. And I've been looking. Don't you even care about me? Oh, yeah, lead me not into temptation. Peace out, God. Isn't that how many, so many people are living like that now? Like just vomit, you know what I mean? Like just vomit all the time. No, he said that we should pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Faith-filled prayers, not, oh, so sucky down here, but faith-filled prayers, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth like it is in heaven. Just like how in heaven everything's godly and honors you and is kind and gracious and loving. God, I pray that that would happen here like it is up there. Amen. 
I know you gave me dominion over this place. So I'm asking for your help to get it fixed down here. I'm asking you can use me, God. You can use me to do it, God. You can use me to do it, God. Lead me. Help me. Change me if you want. Make me whatever you need to make me that I can do whatever you need me to do. Amen. But God, I need you. We need you to change this. We need you to change their hearts. We need you to save their souls. We need you to move them from wickedness to righteousness. I know you let us run this place, but I humbly ask you to help us because we still need you. Amen. We're so busy canceling everyone that we forget to pray for them. Like Seriously, I hate cancel culture. On the right and the left, I hate it. It's the most ungodly thing I've ever seen in a, in a society. It's literally the opposite of the gospel, just FYI. Yeah, but they did this. I don't care. Yeah, but you did something. Cancel what? No. No, 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 no. I want a grace culture, not cancel culture. And hey, hey, by the way, and I'm not just talking about on whatever side of politics I land on. I'm talking both sides. I want grace. I'm not going to sit there and be like, well, I'm on the right and somebody on the left fell. Ha ha, sucker. No. Grace. 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 Come on. I hate it. I want to pray that heaven would invade earth, that that person who did that dumb thing, that their heart would change, they would humble themselves before the Lord and that he would change their hearts. Amen. God says that when we humble ourselves and pray, he will hear from heaven and heal our land. It doesn't say when we cancel everything, he will hear from heaven and heal our land. It says when we humble ourselves and pray, he'll hear from heaven and heal our land. Can someone say amen? If you have your notebooks out, you need to get ready. I'm going to give you something to write down. If you've got your notebooks out, if you don't have a notebook, next time you come in, they'll give you one at the door. Just ask, they'll give it to you. Um, but you can whip out your phone. I know you've got phones, all right? I've seen you texting all through my sermon, all right? Come on, whip out your phones. I'm just messing with you. Uh, but whip it out. I want you to write this down. It'll be on the screen in a second. You can take a photo. Um, but we've got to pray a lot more than we complain about what's going on in this planet. And I want to tell you right now that we should not complain about things not prayed about. Don't complain about things not prayed about. You can throw that up on your Instagram. You can put that up on your roof. Don't complain about things not prayed about. Come on. Don't complain about things not prayed about. You've got to tell God before you tell Instagram. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. There's nothing wrong with telling your Instagram people are the truth. There's nothing wrong with sharing with your friends some post, some story, something that's just so wrong that you want to draw attention to it. This is wrong. What these people are doing is wrong. Uh, but, but I tell you what, there's nothing wrong with that. But we've got to make sure that we don't keep sharing with the world things we haven't even shared with God yet. We need to pray that things change in the world and turn back to God the way that he planned it. We, 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 we don't want to sit there and just gossip about it and just complain about it and just ridicule everything. I want to take it to the Lord. Amen. Some of y'all follow me on Instagram and you're like, that's right coming from you. Listen, I pray about it all. I pray about there is nothing wrong with sharing the truth or your opinion online. Nothing wrong with that. Go ahead and do it. People need to hear the truth in an effort and a hope that it sets them free. But it won't set anybody free if it wasn't prayed about first. You want to add power to your truth? It needs prayer behind it. Amen. Come on. Someone can hashtag that. Things that don't honor God in our cities, our communities, our governments, our cul-de-sacs, apartment buildings, whatever it is. We need to pray that God's will will be done in those places. Amen. We need to and we should be fighting for the truth to be revealed, fighting for kingdom values to be displayed, fighting for godliness in our governments, in our cities, our schools, city councils, boards, school boards, businesses. Come on. But we've got to let every single fight begin in prayer. Your fight, your truth, uh, sorry, your fight and even that truth, if it doesn't have any prayer behind it, any Holy Spirit power behind it, it's going to be nothing but a resounding gong to the ears of the world. Amen. We've got to fight for it, but let every single fight begin in prayer. Can someone say amen? Y'all still with me? Good, good. I'm, I'm nearly done. There's another freedom I want to talk to you about today, though. It's freedom from your sin, the temptation in your life, freedom from personal battles. Can I tell you, it is not God's desire that you keep struggling with this for the rest of your life. God's not angry at you. His anger has been poured out on the cross. 
but he absolutely does want you to find freedom from the sin, freedom from the shame, the pain, the hurt of what you've done wrong. God wants you to find freedom. Amen. Verse 12 says, And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Forgive us our debts and lead me not into temptation. Did you know God wants to lead you every day? God wants to lead you every day. He, he, he's not just set it and forget it. He's not up there going like, figure this out. No, God wants to lead you. He doesn't just want you to not sin. He wants to help you not end up there. He wants to help you. Amen. God wants to direct you. He wants to speak to you. But again, we have free will. But you do have dominion, not, over, not just over the earth, but over yourself. So you get to choose. Do I want to let God lead me away from temptation or just keep winging it on my own? Because if you want to find freedom from sin in your life, you've got to ask God to lead you away from it. Help you avoid it. Amen. Help you not even see the opportunity. Because if we're honest, especially when we're breaking free from sin or addiction in our lives, when we see an opportunity to get back in it, we sort of jump in, don't we? Like right at the beginning, particularly when we're beginning to find freedom in our lives, we can tend to just jump right in, you know? You ever heard the saying, oh, they fell into sin? I was like, I don't know if that's ever happened in the history of the world. <laughs> fell into sin. I have never fallen into sin, not even once in my life. Oh, I jumped into sin and then I jumped into it again. And then I jumped into it again and again and again, right? You never fell into sin once in your whole life. Oops, I accidentally logged onto the internet and Googled something naughty. <laughs> Did not happen that way, all right? Come on. Let's be honest up in here, Eternity Church. It didn't go down like that, did it? No, 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 no. When we find ourselves in a tempting situation, we're either going to flee it, rebuke it, or jump on into it. Amen? When we don't flee it, and when we don't rebuke it in Jesus' name, we get excited about the opportunity to jump back into sin again, don't we? Right? Have you all heard the saying that before Christ, there was a chasm between us and God? You all heard that saying, Right? Like there was a, a gap between us and God. You probably saw the picture. There's like a cliff and then there's a cliff and it's God and it's us and then it's the cross and it's beautiful. Y'all, hands up if you've seen that picture, right? Like if you've been saved for eight seconds, you saw it somewhere and somebody gave you a card and said, hand this to everybody. It'll set the world free, right? You know? And uh, so anyway, I had heaps of those growing up and, uh, and thank God that chasm is, is closed and now I can get to God because of Jesus Christ. Um, but I feel like sometimes, not always, but sometimes there's like a chasm between us and the sin opportunity, right? You know, like, it's not like I'm here and, oh, there's a sin, but so, like, I can jump in. Like, sometimes I'm like going for a walk and, and, then, and then there's sin like, like over there, but with a big gap between us. Have you, you, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's not like super easy to get into it. Like, I've got to put some effort into getting into it. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? Like, and so sometimes I'll like walk up and I'm like, here I am. There's a cliff. There's a big hole. There's sin. I probably can't jump over there. But if I back up a little bit, I could probably make it. And sometimes the gap between me and that bad opportunity is so big that I'm like, I'm going to have to back up past a few more of those sermons, Pastor Jesse preached. I'm going to get a few more of those out of the way. All right, there it is. I think I can probably, no, a bit further back. And I reckon I could get it from here, all right? And we're like, there's a, there's a sin opportunity over there. And, and we're like, I'm going to get it. You watch me get it. I'm going to get it. And we run. We're like, let's go. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. Oh, man, what did I do? Who does that sometimes, right? I just don't think I've ever fallen into sin in my life. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging me. It's just I did it all on purpose, you know? I was like, sometimes I, sometimes I was like, that looks fun. Other times I took a running jump, and I'm like, we'll see what happens over here, right? But we were, I don't know about you, but if we're honest, I don't think you're going to wake up one day and be like, oh, how did I get here? Should under under pressure. How'd this happen? Like, I doubt that's how it's going to happen in your life, right? No, you're just like me. We make the choice. And we often make the wrong choice. But the good news is that God's grace covers your sin. 
So I'm going to talk to you about getting victory from it. But let me tell you this right now, that while you're in the middle of it, God's grace covers it. I'm not trying to make you feel bad about your sin. I want you to understand that, that so people say, like, whether we did it on purpose or not, well, that's every sin. I did it on purpose. God's grace covers it. Now, it's true that some of us might not, you know, we might not have been saved and we might not have read the word yet. Or, you know, maybe, maybe. I, I, t- I tend to think we usually know that things are wrong when we're doing it anyway. But maybe you didn't know it was wrong, but you still chose to do it, right? God's grace covers it. God's grace sustains our salvation from the moment we realize we need to fix it all the way to the moment that we have victory over it. Can someone say amen? So you need to write it down. You need to remember it or something. But God's grace will sustain my salvation all the way to victory. And I've got good news for you. The victory is coming. You're saved on the way, but you don't have to keep battling that anymore. You don't have to keep worrying about that anymore. You don't have to keep living in that anymore. Victory is on its way. Amen. And instead of banking on our ability to say no to sin, instead of banking on our ability to rebuke it rather than take a running jump into it, we should be asking God to lead us the other direction. We should be asking God to lead us away from the opportunities. He doesn't just say lead us away from sin, lead us away from the temptation. Why? Because when we're just starting to get victory over sin in our lives, we're not always strong enough to say no. So we need God to lead us away from the temptation. Amen. So yes, pray for strength, pray for courage, pray against sin. But remember, the devil is actively trying to lead you into sin. And we need to pray that God would actively lead us away from the temptation. Amen. You can be free from this, but it's time you do what Jesus told us to do and ask him to lead you, to guide you. You know, when I needed freedom from my biggest sins and struggles in my life, I woke up every day and I'd say, Lord, lead me. Lord, guide me. Lord, speak to me. In fact, I had it written on the roof of my, of my room. I'd wake up in the morning and there it was, three bits of paper on the roof. Lead me, guide me, speak to me. And I'd remember, it's the first thing I saw in the morning. It's the first words that came out of my mouth in the morning. God, I know that you want me to have victory. Lead me away from these things. Guide me, God. Speak to me and help me avoid it in the name of Jesus. And I had victory and you can too. You can have victory. You don't have to carry shame and pain anymore. But when we ask God to lead us away, listen. Listen, amen. Amen. A lot of us will be like, oh, I struggle with lust. God, lead me away from temptation. And then God's like, you know what? Today, I just know what's going on today. Don't go to the hot tub at the gym. And we're like, it'll be fine. Get behind me, Satan, you know. Listen to me, if you struggle with lust and you've asked God to lead you, the devil's not the one telling you not to go to the hot tub. Come on. Hey, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going to the hot tub. I love the hot tub. I go there all the time. Come on, it's awesome, right? But I'm telling you this, though. If you struggle with lust and you've asked God to lead you away from temptation, you might want to listen when he says today's not the day for you to go to the hot tub. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Right, if you struggle with gossip... And like every time you go hang out with Billy, all you guys do is end up in like this sinful gossip fest. And you're like, yeah, 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 the whole time, right? Like, listen, if you struggle with gossip and God says, hey, don't hang out with Billy, you might want to listen. And you're like, no, but I'm a witness to Billy. No, if every time you and Billy get together, you end up in sin. No, Billy's the witness in that relationship. I'm sorry. Billy's the witness. You ain't the witness, all right? You clearly ain't strong enough to handle Billy just yet. Maybe you can come back in 10 years when you can be the witness. But right now, you might want to listen. You know, sometimes when you say, God, lead me away from temptation, sometimes the way he's going to do that is by saying, you need to get that person out of your life. And you're like, but I want to be a witness. And he's like, but they're the witness to you, right? You struggle with road rage and you're at the intersection and you pray to prayer, Lord, lead me not into temptation, And God's like, turn left. You're like, but I'll be late. Fine, go straight. But you'll road rage on the way, right? If you ask God to lead you away from temptation, you need to follow him when he leads you away from temptation. Can I get an amen? Would you all stand up with me, church? I believe some people are going to have Holy Spirit victory today. There's a story in the Old Testament about King Hezekiah and um, and King Sennacherib. And Sennacherib is the king of Syria. He was a powerful king. His armies had destroyed many nations. He was feared in the whole land. Can I have the band come out? 
And I'll say it louder because sometimes they don't hear me. Oh, nope, I don't need to say it again. Let's have everybody. Let's have everybody. So Sennacherib had actually been abusing and enslaving and conquering parts of Hezekiah's kingdom, right? And King Hezekiah, he'd had enough. He's like, nah, not doing this anymore. And so he organized some help. He organized some help. He's got some friends coming to help him resist Sennacherib. And so when Sennacherib finds out that Hezekiah is resisting him, he writes him a letter and says, no one can survive me. You will not survive me. Every nation that I have battled, I have won, I have conquered them and their gods, they have given up, and you will surely die too. Your kingdom will fall, your God is no match for me, their gods bowed, your gods will bow. And he tells them that the Assyrians will surely destroy every one of them, and God can't save you. Hezekiah receives the message, so he goes to the Lord and he prays the following prayer. Lord Almighty, God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made the heavens and the earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to all the words that Sennacherib has sent to ridicule the living God. It is true, Lord, that the Assyrian kings have laid waste to all the people and all the lands that they encounter. They have thrown their gods into the fires and destroyed them. For they were not really gods, but only wood and stone made by human hands. Now, Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand so that all kingdoms on earth may know that you, Lord, are the only true God. What I love about this is after that, God goes in and destroys Sennacherib's entire army. Over a hundred and something thousand men just destroys them. And just before he does that, God says to Hezekiah, he says, I'm going to destroy them all because you prayed. I'm going to destroy them all because you prayed. God gave him victory because he prayed. Not even a whole chapter later, Scripture says that Hezekiah was really, really sick. It actually says that at that time he was sick. And, and so he was, during this time, while this is all going on, this battle with Sennacherib, all this abuse, all this drama, him interceding on behalf of his kingdom, saying, you know, interceding for them, saying, God, protect us, defend us. As all that's going on, it says Hezekiah was sick and nearing death. And Hezekiah gets word that you will, you will not survive this, you will die. In fact, God tells him, this sickness will take your life. So then Hezekiah prays again. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully with wholehearted devotion, and I have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And he wept bitterly because he wants to be there to lead his people through this battle. He wants to be there to provide for them, to, to protect them, to look after them. And then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah the prophet. And God says to Isaiah, go and tell Hezekiah, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says. I have heard your prayers. I have seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life. Come on. I will add 15 years to your life. And I'll deliver you in this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city because you prayed. Because you prayed. Imagine what will happen in Iowa because we prayed. Imagine what will happen in Des Moines because we prayed. Imagine what will happen in Adel because we prayed. Can you imagine what will happen in the families of this state because we prayed? Imagine what will happen in your health because we prayed. God, I've been serving you faithfully. They say that this sickness will take my life. God, heal me and I know that I'll serve you in future like I've served you in the past. I've been a steward of all that you give me and I'll steward what you give me still. And God says, I've heard your prayers, I will add 15 years. I've heard your prayers, I'll add 15 years. Come on, church. We're in a battle for the hearts and the minds of an entire generation. And I don't want to be one of those mean-spirited jerks that just gossips and gets bitter all day and reacts in anger instead of responding because of my anger. 
I want to respond to get on my knees in the altar and pray. And today we're going to pray. We're going to pray. But I tell you what, I want you to know this. If there's something in the world that particularly grieves your heart and makes you angry, can I tell you that's not a flaw in your system. If there's something going on in the world that makes you really angry, I get that too. Can I tell you, it's not a flaw. You're not broken. You're not defective. God made you like that. God designed you to feel that. What I want you to know is if you feel that, then it's probably something that God is using to motivate you to do something about that. If you're angry about some particular issue in the world or in government or in family or wherever, can I tell you that instead of just sitting there and becoming better, that anger was supposed to motivate you to stand in the gap and pray. That anger was supposed to motivate you to bridge the gap between God and the world. That anger was supposed to motivate you to to get on your knees and get a battle plan from God and then do it in the name of Jesus. And if you get on your knees, if if when you get angry, if you go to the Lord, instead of just going out and yelling at everybody, if you go to the Lord, you'll get a battle plan from God. You know where Joshua got his battle plan? He's like, you know, you got to go take this city. So he goes and he gets on holy ground. He gets into the presence of the Lord and God gives him the dumbest battle plan the world has ever seen to this day. Like literally no one's had a stupider battle plan than Joshua had that day, ever. Like ever. It's hilarious. They're like going to go and fight against one of the most fortified city in the world with the best archers in the world. And Joshua comes back to the people. He's like, I got a plan. God told me what to do. We're going to march around it. And they're all like, yeah, we're going to shoot at them. And he's like, no, 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 we're going to march around it. He's like, yeah. And everyone's like, we're going to intimidate them. We're going to yell at them and call them names. And he's like, no, we're going to shut our mouths. And we're going to march around it in silence. Once a day for seven days. On the seventh day, we're going to march around it seven times. And everybody's like, Okay, okay, okay. That was the battle plan. Like, be honest with me right now. Is that the dumbest battle plan you've ever heard of in your life? Like, ever. So they do it, and it works. And they take the city. They take ground for the kingdom of God. Because faith makes a fool of what makes sense to the world. Come on, faith will make a fool of what makes sense to the world. But I want to tell you right now, it doesn't matter whether the world thinks you're crazy or not. We need to respond and follow the leading of God in our lives. And if we're angry about something, we need to get to the altar and ask God to give us a battle plan. What do I do to see change in this area of the world or in this area of my life? I don't know about you, but I was angry about my sin even. Like when I sinned, I'd be angry at myself because I went and jumped in again, right? Oh, man, what an idiot. Yeah, who said that about yourselves? Well, what an idiot. Well, instead of calling yourself an idiot, let's get in the presence of God and ask Him to lead us not into temptation, but to deliver us from the evil one. And let's start listening when He speaks. Can someone say amen today? Can you come here? I want her to share something. I want her to share something. She had, she had like this picture in her mind as we were worshiping this morning or last night. And, um, and I just want you to share that with you because I believe that the days of the church being afraid are over. I believe the days of the church cowering in fear, worried what people think or are going to say about us are over. Amen. We're not going to stand up and be jerks. We're not going to stand up and be mean. But we are not going to be afraid of what the world says. We are not going to be people that are afraid to be salt, that are afraid to be light. We're not going to be light running away from darkness. Amen. We're going to take ground for the kingdom of God. We're going to fight in the heavenlies. We're going to fight in the supernatural. Amen. We're going to fight. We're going to see this place turn around in the name of Jesus. I'm not done yet. And you might be like this. Too many people are like, oh, I'm a fight for America if it's a Democrat in president. I'm a fight for America if it's a Republican as president. Listen up. It doesn't matter who's up the top. Da- Do you know who was the king when David fought for Israel? An ungodly heathen. 
was king when David fought for Israel. But he fought anyway for the things of God, for the kingdom of God to be made real on earth as it is in heaven, and that the people that God created would experience freedom. Amen. We ain't sitting back afraid of what people say about us. We're taking ground in the name of Jesus. Someone turn her microphone up so that she can share with us. It's Orna's mic. Can you hear me? Cool. Okay, so we were singing Every Victory in the 9 a.m. And I felt the Lord put this picture in my mind of all of the people in our church being this roaring army for the Lord. I could hear you guys singing, and I was like, wow, what a battle cry for what God is doing in Des Moines right now. And so I immediately began to continue to press into that and continue to loving fiercely and protecting fiercely what God has put in your life to do. You have the authority to follow what the Lord is telling you to do right now. So we're going to do it boldly. We're going to believe that we are going to act as Jesus did, protecting and loving and prophesying into our community. And I saw that our church not only is a light to people and a hope for people who are hopeless, but it's also a roaring lion protecting and defending Amen. Each and every single one of you. Amen. And I just think that that's so beautiful because God is the lion and the lamb. You Amen. can be peaceful and you can also be the fierce protector. So Amen. I just wanted to encourage you with that today. Come on. Taking ground, taking ground, taking ground. Amen. We're done sitting back. We're done just chilling out, seeing what happens. God's called us to get after it, to do battle in the heavenlies, amen, to fight for our cities, our states, our nations, this earth, every broken person on the planet, that they would find freedom, that they would find freedom in the truth, amen. Come on, we're going to pray. Well, thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, be sure to check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, please visit MyEternity.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at MyEternityChurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.